0: Well, she she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. What well, she she's magical, mystical, powerful.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. We hope you are enjoying the long weekend. Any family
2: day plans, Christine, other than spending time with little Billy, your new puppy? My new little puppy girl. Um, Actually, my time is going to be spent reinforcing what we learned in our first puppy class this Mm -hmm. weekend. What did you learn? Well, we're learning about uh, reinforcing good behavior. Mm-hmm. We're learning about taking puppies everywhere, getting them, you have, making sure they have wonderful experiences with other humans and with other dogs, given that she hasn't had all her shots and we have to restrict her somewhat. But anyway, and of course, I'm concentrating on my job, which is to learn to toilet train myself yourself. Well, it's it's never the dog's fault. No, it's your fault if they mess up. Okay.
1: Well, let us know how that goes. Okay. Keep us posted. I think we'll put
2: out be, a media alert. I think this will be a conversation <laughs> for many, many weeks to come unless I can get better dog treats or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to kick off the show
1: today speaking with Sydney Loney, an award-winning journalist and deputy editor at locallove.ca. She wrote a feature recently on domestic violence and the support women receive when they enter the legal system. It's told from the perspective of one woman's experience, and she's going to tell us a little about what she learned about the
2: issue of domestic violence across the GTA and how big an issue it actually is. Um, speaking of big issues, pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest forms of cancer, and it can affect people at any age. Actor Michael Mosey from the series Kim's Convenience lost his mother to pancreatic cancer back in 2013, and he's going to be here to speak about his family's experience and to share some important information about the signs and the symptoms to look out for, both for yourself and maybe for people around you.
1: If you are thinking about retiring or dreaming about retiring, Renee Ribello, financial advisor at Life Coach Financial Strategies, has three things you need to know about snowbird retirement options for Florida. And we'll also have a chat with Davina Carr, who's written a book about once
2: looking for love on Craigslist and her very interesting journey, to self love. <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet is out in stores and on demand this week. Film critic Ann Brody chats with the voice of Ralph, actor John C. Riley. And singing us out in our live studio sessions, we have Mississauga singer songwriter Gabri. Don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said
1: Talk, where you can watch interviews and connect with us and our guests. Or you can go to Apple Podcasts. You can download our podcast and you can follow all our videos on YouTube as well.
3: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com.
4: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life that's wealth esteem terms and conditions apply
3: this is 105.9 the region
4: what she said,
0: she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: now back to what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler
2: Joining us now is Sydney Loney, an award-winning journalist and deputy editor at Locallove.ca, the United Way Greater Toronto's digital magazine that focuses on local changemakers, simple ways to give back in your community, and much more. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, You wrote a recent feature on domestic violence and the support women receive when they enter the legal system told from the perspective of one woman's experience. This was one of the site's best-performing features, particularly mm-hmm. on November 25th, the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. Why did locallove.ca take on such a difficult and uh, weighty subject if you're
5: typically all about good news? That's a mm-hmm. good question. We we do cover a lot of good news, yes. but we also part of our mandate at Local Love is to... Raise awareness about issues, and our feeling is that if people don't know about the issues in their community, then they can't do anything to change them. So we make a—it's fairly regular that we do tackle heavier topics. So then, take us through what you learned about domestic violence in the GTA. How big an issue is it? It's—it's it's funny because I've—I've I've written about women's issues for many years, and I had—I had no idea how big a problem it is. I didn't, you know, you—you you never hear about it. So domestic violence is one of the. Um, biggest forms of violence against women in Canada, and it's not on our radar. We don't talk about it. And so, once I started diving into the story, it sort of I fell down the rabbit hole a little bit because I just felt people needed to to know this, and and I didn't know about it. That means probably a lot of people don't know about it. And once I talked to Christina as well, I just. I felt her story had to be shared, so it kind of went from there.
1: Well, more than a quarter of all reported crimes in 2016 involved family v- violence. That's stats from the Public Health Agency That's right. of
5: Canada. So then why is domestic violence so underreported? Part of it is because you know women don't tend to come forward, so we don't actually know the true extent of the problem. Um it's very hard to, to go to the police the first time, let alone... It, it, the, the stat is it takes seven times for women, women to leave seven times before they actually leave for good. So it's very hard to get out of those situations. And then once we get to the legal system, um, there are so many barriers for women to even get justice and to get through. And so it's just it's just, it's just kind of no one talks about it. No one really knows what's going on. Well, I can understand if you're living with somebody, you
2: have children, something happens, you... You know that if you report it, you then have to go back there unless you're ready to leave. Yeah. And even then, when they leave, often I've heard stories and seen interviews where they're terrified yes. that, that the person will come after them because there's different levels. So
5: it's really a catch-22 for the women. Yeah, they're in a terrible mm-hmm. situation, um, it, it's a lot of its fear. The reason is not for not leaving is fear, but there are so many reasons. It could be um, immigration. It could be money. It's very hard too to just pick up your life and, and go with nothing. You know, you've got career. You've got your uprooting your children, and there are also the threats. So in this case, her abuser threatened to to kill her and come after her. And she said she knew he was capable of that, and she was she was terrified that. And, and the most dangerous time for a woman in a domestic violence situation is when she leaves.
2: Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. Let me ask you something. You know, the whole Me Too movement. Yes. So somebody had to be brave enough to step out. And then, and then there was just a torrent of yeah. women who followed. That's right. And maybe men too, right? Do you think that that's potentially something that could happen in this, that we will somehow get to a point where the balance will tip and women will say enough? And somebody will come out, it will be high profile, and
5: then it will just start. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I certainly hope so. And I think it will take that kind of That exposure of people talking about it and then it's sort of the snowball effect of that whole, you know, the Me Too movement where suddenly you realize how big a problem it is and how many women's lives it affects. Women across all backgrounds, I think that's another misconception is we don't realize it happens to everybody. And we probably know someone who it's happening to and yet we don't know it's happening. I mean, this woman hid it from her family and for 10 years no one knew. And probably they don't confide in their friends either because they're afraid of... Afraid and they're ashamed. She Mm -hmm. said she was so deeply ashamed that this was happening to her. Um she and also you you become a different person, she said you know after this started happening, she was sort of a shell of the person she used to be, so she she had no confidence anymore she was she was always living under sort of this umbrella of fear, and it was very hard to get out of that
1: well i took um something positive out of your article, and that was that uh, with Christina, when she was alone in the witness box, um, four police officers came from their night shifts directly there straight to court just to support her. Um, And when she went to family court to prevent uh, Jake from going near their children, her lawyer never left her side. So there is, and she says it was that support that saved her. Exactly. Where would she have been without that support?
5: She said she would never have made it out. She would have probably... Ended up, if it hadn't been for the police officer in the beginning and she had people all every step along the way and finding those that support network in the court system, she said she she probably wouldn't... She she believed she wouldn't be alive. And that's what she told me. And I think having that network and knowing it exists and um, supporting those organizations that do help women in these situations mm-hmm. is so important. And people need to know that the problem is there in the first place. And Christina is remarkable because... She is speaking out and telling her story, and she was so generous with it and, and trusting it to, to local love, um, because she wants to help other women. So she said, she repeatedly said to me, you know, if she could, you know, just show one other woman that it, woman that it is possible to escape, it is possible to to get out. There is support out there. Then she's then it's worth it.
1: And I think it's also because we have a lot of. Um Preconceived ideas. We we misjudge people. I mean, this, yeah. this is a woman who had a happy childhood, went to U of T, traveled, earned a master's degree, had a good yeah. job in a position of authority. Um, you know, domestic violence started slowly with her and she forgave. She said it wouldn't happen again. And that's what we hear a lot. But it can happen in any social strata. This is not something yeah. that is... Um, it is going away. No, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, what if you know someone, and you suspect it's going on, or what if it's happening to you yourself? Right. What is what is the sort of basic information
5: that we should know? And there, there actually is a lot of um, support out there that we just don't know about. So, actually, at the bottom of the story, we listed a number of, of hotlines mm-hmm. and helplines mm-hmm. where people can can get help sort of instantly the, the moment they need to talk to someone that they need out of a situation or they're afraid. And then there are other organizations like the Schleifer Clinic who can help you once you get a few steps further um, navigate the system and, and sort of get justice. So there's there are lots of things in place, but really I think just knowing that there are you know 24-hour um, helplines available.
2: So here it is. It's 10 o'clock at night. You've been beaten, whatever. He's gone out for a beer, and you're thinking... Got to go. W- go. You know, yeah. w- what do I do? And and k- will somebody tell me that I will be safe? Me and my children will be safe. That there is a way.
5: Yes, that's right. You, you, they, women need that reassurance. They need yes. to know that if that if they leave, they're not stepping into the unknown. And it's such a terrifying moment. I mean, to just sort of pick up and just go, and and also know that he will probably try to come after you. And and the night, the important thing I think for women to know it too is at these organizations they. They help build a safety plan for women. So everything changes, passwords, um, kids' school, where they go, get to get groceries. You have to sort of reconfigure your life, but there are people there who help you do that.
1: Now, uh, while there's there's the Assaulted Women's Helpline, there's the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, but you can also call 211. That's right. Anywhere across, which offers a variety of support services across Canada, from emergency assistance to counseling and daycare. And help is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in 100 different languages. It's amazing. That's huge. Yeah. That's 211. We're all used to saying 311 to get Mm -hmm. information from the city, but 211 is available uh, across Canada. Mm -hmm. Now, there's also. it is the giving season, and it there is something that people can do right now to help women who are experiencing Absolutely. violence. Um, there's also another article on, on locallove.ca um, from a different writer talking about what women's shelters really need. You tell us what they what they really need, because we want to give the right things. That's right,
5: and, and people so often don't know what to do. And, of course, clothing is always useful, but then you <laughs> think about those things that we take for granted every day. So toothpaste, deodorant. Makeup for women who are are going Mm -hmm. to job interviews, are going to meet with their lawyers. School supplies for children um, who've been uprooted and they're in these shelters. Mm -hmm. They try to give them actual a regular school day. Um, Housewares because women have to start over. So, you know, everything from detergent to utensils to sheets, towels, all of those things um, are basically everything you would need to start a life over is what you would need.
2: I remember when we were working together, there was somebody um, who ha- whose sister worked at a shelter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us would bring in stuff because That's you can't right. actually go in because right. they're they're hidden. They're not for security and yeah. for security reasons. So we knew somebody member, and we would drop off clothes and, mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. and she would take it
5: to her sister, and and that way, yeah. we, so none of us step. knew where it was right. going. You yeah. can contact the organization to find out their policy to how to get things to the women, and they and everyone has their own way of doing it, but it's. It can be done. Now oh, Sydney. Good. Sydney, tell everyone how they can read uh, your article and more. <laughs> there, well, this article and others, other great articles and and also how to, to donate to women's shelters are on locallove.ca. Thank you very much for joining us today and talking about this difficult issue. My pleasure.
3: What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back.
5: Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect.
3: Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she
0: said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: Back pain, nausea, loss of appetite, and fatigue are all symptoms of just a cold and flu, right? well, actually, wrong. Did you also know that these symptoms are also common signs of pancreatic cancer? Not many people do. Joining us now is Michael Muzi from the hit show Kim's Convenience, who is here to speak about one of the world's deadliest cancers that definitely needs more attention, more awareness, and progress to help patients fight and survive. Welcome back to what she said, Michael. Thank you for having me. So I've always heard that uh, pancreatic cancer was not survivable, but it is, but but the rate is very
6: low. It's, it's quite low. It's shockingly low, and it's the lowest of all major cancers. And yet it receives the least amount of funding. It's the one that nobody knows anything about. It really is the underdog of, you know, of all major cancers.
2: And the other thing that I find really surprising, because my father actually died of pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. among other things. But, I mean, that was the reason. Right um and he was 89 right? but it actually can affect any age group
6: right that's right my mother I did not away know from that it at 52 years old yeah and my mom you know it's kind of as you said the the things that you just mentioned which are common flu or cold yeah. symptoms um and all we know about pancreatic cancer right now um is that you know if you're a smoker or if you have poor diet all the things that we hear about uh, that's the only thing we know could contribute to pancreatic cancer and my mother was 52 years old Exercised every single day, ate an organic diet, laughed more than anyone I knew, um, you know, was filled with love and had lived a really happy life and got diagnosed and died seven and a half months later. Um, And it's because we don't, we don't know that there was no science for her to know. Yeah. She had some, you know, some stomach issues and some back pain, but, but who doesn't, you know? And she went to the doctor and he said, you know, go get a massage. Wow. Uh, And you've
2: just answered one of my questions because my dad was diagnosed, died 10 days later, Mm -hmm. and not until the last three days, four days maybe, did he have any pain. That's right. And I heard... You know, this is myth, maybe, or maybe it's doc- Google Med. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that pancreatic cancer is extremely painful, and you would everybody would have to know because they would be in extreme pain.
6: No, that's not and that, true. And, yeah.
2: and, and now you've
6: answered this. Right. I mean, like, you know, obviously when we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, she did complain. Oh, yeah, she did have trouble digesting some food, and she did have a lot of back pain, and she would often want to get massages and whatnot. But it's just there are things that um, – they're not enough for us to immediately go to pancreatic cancer, and it's not enough for doctors to look into it more so than just being like, okay, well, you know, take a better care of yourself, and you know, uh, get some massage and do some exercises and whatnot. So it's just that we don't know enough about it. Doctors don't aren't aren't don't know what to look out for enough, and so it's the hardest cancer to diagnose.
1: Well, is there a test? Is there a diagnostic test?
6: Well, there is, if you get to that point, right? Obviously. Um, um, if you know, if you go to a doctor and and, and you have jaundiced skin or um, you know you're in excruciating pain, you'll get you'll be able to get a biopsy and whatnot. But up until that point, there isn't really anything you can do besides literally going in and checking for cancer. But that's always people's last resort. Nobody ever. Thinks that that's what it is when you have something so simple as back pain, and
2: uh, so you're so there is no sort of MRI or something. Your mother had a biopsy and then was told. Seven yeah, months? she was
6: told by the biopsy from the tumor. Oh, yeah. yeah, because we they eventually obviously did an MRI and checked and saw that there was a tumor, uh, and they didn't know if it was cancerous or not. Got the biopsy uh, results, and okay. it, was, it was pancreatic cancer.
2: So go through the symptoms again, all the range of symptoms that people, or maybe in combination, that people should just kind look of look out for because more important than not it's telling your doctor I'm not gonna tell my doctor I have back pain no yeah tell my doctor I have the flu I'm gonna tell my doctor if I'm you know in unbearable pain right but not that stuff but right maybe you should
6: yeah, well you should but also I think you know certain things like family history is really important you know if you have it in your family you should be you should be really adamant Weary. about your no. health, yeah. And I think it's it's something that obviously people need to take control of their health. But it's a weird, tricky situation where, until we know a little bit more, we don't quite know what to look for besides those things that we mentioned: the back pain, uh, you know, the the digestion, uh, the stomach pain, um, the nausea. But again, those can be so many things. So it is a really tricky thing, and we won't know more until until we know more. And the only way we'll know more is by By research and um, by donating to pancreatic cancer, like causes like Pancreatic Cancer Canada, who's doing what they can to to to, you know to know more about this disease that nobody knows really anything about.
1: So, what about what factors may increase your risk of developing pancreatic cancer? Right. So
6: right now, it's smoking. It's you know, poor diet, it's family history. It's kind of all the things that
1: go along with so many, other things. With so many other things. What so, about right. modifiable risk factors like age, race, that kind yeah, of
6: thing? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, for the most part, um, uh, men are more likely to develop it Um the older you are, if you're, you know, um, you know, people older, uh, past 60 years old are more likely to develop it. But again, I've being a part of, you know, joining with Pancreatic Cancer Canada and being a part of this world mm-hmm. for, for so long, it's not the case. You know, there's so many people that pass away from this disease in their late 20s, in their early 30s. Um, lots of women, you know, I've seen more women than men, uh, you know, so it just doesn't really, it doesn't quite add up because Wh- we don't know enough.
2: When you say poor diet, mm-hmm. what Specifically, I'm. Are are we maybe talking about because sometimes is it maybe high fat or low fat or high carbs or low carbs or too much sugar or not enough fruit? Not enough fruit. Yeah, I guess I think it's a
6: combination of all of that. I think it's uh, junk food and not drinking enough water and not getting uh, you know enough nutrients in. Well, that's Uh, everybody, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Um, But but you're right. The stats are scary. Ninety three percent of people diagnosed with pancreatic cancer will die within five years. Mm -hmm. Most will die within a few months, as what happened with both your your parents here. So why is it such an underfunded disease?
6: Well, I mean, if you look at something like breast cancer, Mm -hmm. when breast cancer, like not that long ago, breast cancer was a death sentence until... You know, a bunch of women got together and created this huge movement. And then it started getting a lot of attention and a lot of funding and a lot of research was happening. And we've seen so much progress with that disease. But pancreatic cancer seems like a hopeless cause. So why would you want to give your money to something that won't make a change. Why Why would I give money to something that in 40 years the statistics hasn't changed? Like, people feel like their money is well, going... Well, isn't that the catch-22?
1: Yeah, because it hasn't changed yeah. because nobody's had the exactly. money to do the research on it. So,
6: and that's the problem is trying to get people to pay attention to a cancer that seems like a hopeless cause isn't really an easy thing to do. It's easy to give your money to something that shows, look, because of your money, look what we've done. And we don't, we can't say that with pancreatic cancer yet.
2: So, it's a lack of money for research into a cure?
6: Yes, yeah, so, well, and and also to to know to know more to know to know what to look out for, so that doctors know what they're looking for, so that we can have early detection. Because right now, that is the only hope you have with pancreatic cancer is detecting early.
2: So, how early would you have to detect, and then what happens? Well,
6: it would have to be in its earliest stages. So right. it would have to be stage one. Right, it would have to be. Um, um, you would have to be able to operate and to remove it, um, and in uh, and if you. Because if you can't remove the tumor, it, there's really not yeah. much you can. can we
2: do, uh, can right? we live without our pancreas?
6: Um,
2: or maybe they just take a chunk of.
6: Yeah, they would take take a chunk out of the of the pancreas or like the, yeah. the tumor. I don't. You can't live without. I think you could live with you know uh, with a portion of it and, yeah. um, and and be okay. But yeah, but it's removing the tumor before it's spread, before right. it's gone anywhere else, and and um, and maybe some chemotherapy along with it. But it's a tricky disease.
2: Well, we need to get the word out. Then, that's right, because a lot of people um succumb to this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we and we
1: seem to make the wrong assumptions about about what's going on with our own bodies. Exactly. So sometimes we do have to listen um and and be reasonably concerned. for sure. About it. I just don't think it's going to be something like a flu that, you know, will go away because mm-hmm. it won't. Um, so, and as you said, the key to early detection is knowing the signs and symptoms. So um, again, that's abdominal or mid-back pain, unexplained weight loss. I definitely don't have that. No, (laughs) Um, Jaundice, loss of appetite, indigestion, changes in in your stool, Mm -hmm. and new onset diabetes. So again, vague amalgamation Mm -hmm. of symptoms there generally attributed to more other more common conditions that's
6: right and the things like the stool and the jaundice those are very those are clear symptoms but right. those are usually advanced too, yeah, too advanced yeah so
1: where can people go online to find out more information well
6: you should go to pancreaticcancercanada.ca mm-hmm. it's uh they're an incredible organization we've been working with them they care so much they're determined to make a change uh yeah
1: so that's great. Okay, and the website one more time:
6: pancreaticcancercanada.ca.
1: And there's also um, assumptions can be deadly. That's right. .ca. Is that where you can actually? Yeah, that's pancreatic
6: someone? cancer Canada's um, campaign that they've created, and you can go on there and find a bunch of information on there as well.
1: And I'm sure they can also follow you on Twitter. Sure, Michael yes. Moosey. That's right. M U S I. Yeah. That's uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming in and updating us.
6: Thank you this. so much for having me.
3: What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back.
4: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip (laughs) and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Fashion is
2: everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit Co. This
3: is 1059 The Region.
2: What she
0: said. She's powerful,
2: wonderful, honest, and lovable.
3: Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: Joining us now is Renee Rabello, financial advisor at Life Coach Financial Strategies. And today we are talking about snowbird retirement options for Florida. Three things you need to know
7: that Renee learned while she was down there. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. So, what were you down there for? I love Florida, and I wanted to bring my social, my Savvy Living for Women group down to mm-hmm. Florida and launch a chapter. Cause there's a lot of Canadian snowbirds down there, mm-hmm. and fell in love with Florida while I was down there. So, Which part? Well, that is uh, one of the three things that is the oh, toughest really? question, yes, is where do you want to live in Florida? Mm-hmm. Or where do you want to have your vacation home while you travel down there? So, Florida is a large state, and... And each parts of Florida offer different things, that would cater Mm. to your lifestyle. So I was all the way from like Daytona Beach down to Fort Lauderdale. I've been in West Palm. Mm -hmm. I've checked out uh, Miami and then circled around back up to Clearwater and Treasure Island and loved it all. So I thought, okay, well, which one do I like the beach better? And so I ended up on the Gulf Coast. So I really like the Clearwater, St. Pete, Fort Myers area. Mm -hmm. And so then it came down to trying to figure out, all right, so now I've figured out an area, which was the first thing you need to do when you think about Florida. The second thing was, What kind of home do I want to have? So do I want to rent and stay down there for a few months? Or do I want to purchase something and, you know, own it? And then from there, there's even it gets even more complicated because there's so many choices. So you can look at a manufactured home and I will say manufactured home, I will not say trailer because trailer is a whole different definition down in Florida than a manufactured home in a gated community. So I did look at trailers Mm because they wanted to show me what I didn't want and that was definitely on my list of not wanting. So (laughs) definitely be very clear with your lingo down there also because their lingo and our lingo are very different with lifestyle. So what's a
2: manufactured home?
7: So it's basically like a 1,000-square-foot, two-bedroom, two-bathroom home. That's a bungalow. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's usually in a gated community. It is typically a trailer, but it's a very large one. So we have them here, but you don't see people living in them. Usually they're seasonals. They're using them up mm-hmm. north. They're using them in a park. Down there, they're called gated communities. And uh, a manufactured home is sold like a house. So you can either lease the land or from the actual resort or you can purchase in as a share into the land, in which case then you're dealing with cross-border ownership of property in Canada and the States. And what are the tax pros and cons? That's a whole segment on its own. Okay. Uh, and it depends on what you purchase and what right. you're looking mm-hmm. at purchasing. So that would be a whole segment on its own. Um, trying to keep it surface level today was just kind of the three things you really need to look at. Okay. Um, another one is, you know, we were, I was looking at condos on the beach. Right. I was looking at houses on the beach because I want the potential to be able to rent them out also. So that when I'm not down there, because clearly I'm still working, that I would be able to rent the property out mm-hmm. should I not be there. Because there's a lot of people that would like to just rent and not have the maintenance or anything. And there is banks now that will finance down there for Canadians. So there is a couple that will do it. So if you are interested in purchasing that, you know, $400,000, $500,000 condo on the beach, Mm -hmm. and working up, you know, going to bed with that sunset, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. stunning, and the powder like (laughs) sand, the beaches are incredible then there is institutions that will do it for you. And typically, they will want 20% down as a Canadian and finance the rest. And they do their mortgages a little bit differently than they do them up here. They actually amortize them and term them the same. So if you take on a 30-year amortization, it's also a 30-year term. So it's an interesting different way of banking then we do things up here. So you need to familiarize yourself with one, the institution you're gonna use, mm-hmm. two, the interest rates are a little bit higher than here. And three, the terms of the actual mortgage down there.
1: Okay, so that's two things. Uh, that three was thi- three, that three things. things? That we was three things. Home. Three things. One yeah,
7: one was where? Where? Two was what kind of home. home. And three was the financing options. How are you going to finance the purchase? So if you're gonna look at something in a gated community, depending on what kind of think you might want something that'll cost 20000 US and you can purchase that from now, your own stuff
1: here. when you were talking about that, and you're talking about an integrated community and you're leasing the land, yes, are you allowed, when you're not there, mm-hmm. are you allowed to rent those? Are those things that you need, like to, could you put it on VRBO or Airbnb? Or well, no, things, you, know. you cannot
7: do Airbnb, you cannot do VRBO because they want a minimum one month rental. Okay. So typically they have uh, their own website that their members who are in the mm-hmm. community can post and you'll get people who know people in the community and there's a waiting list for people who want to rent and it's incredible when I was down there looking at purchasing one myself and knowing that I could only be down there for a couple weeks and then I'd want to rent it the rest of the time I had people bugging me already and I'm like the deal isn't even done yet wow so there is a need and they rent for anywhere between 1800 and 2000 US a month and this is for a manufactured home. So they're quite incredible, but they're good size. They're great living. And then you need to be careful the rules because Mm -hmm. some say you could only have three months rental. Some say no pets. Some say one pet under 30 pounds. You really want to read the rules of the community that you're looking at purchasing in or renting in because they will tell on you. (laughs) <laughs> and what about no children? <laughs> well, that I haven't no, seen that no, yet. Just, uh, just a I'm lot kidding. of people had their I'm grandchildren kidding. in the pool. I'm kidding.
2: I'm <laughs> kidding. Now you have
1: a new book out. It's called The 30 Day Financial Declutter Challenge. It has yes. 30 things you can do to improve your finances. And this could be a good task to get done before the holiday shopping.
7: So where can people go to learn more uh, about you and the book? They can go to my website to get the information, uh, mylcfs.ca. They can also get me on Facebook, Life Coach Financial strategies. And I have a Twitter account. So they can get me all over. You can all just right. Google Renee Rabello, and you'll find me. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. Thanks for having me, ladies.
3: This is 105.9 The Region. She Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com.
2: Wreck It Ralph 2, also known as Ralph Breaks the Internet, is out in stores and on demand this week. Could be a fun family day watch. Here's a film critic, Ann Brody, talking to the voice of Ralph actor, John C. Riley. Take a listen.
8: Wow. Look at all this stuff.
9: (laughs) John, I was thinking about your career, and it really is remarkable. You've done such an incredible variety of films and roles over the years. Uh, there's, there's no like, single threat at all.
8: Hmm. Well, the single really... threat is variety, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
9: yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that uh, because of that, you've really given yourself a tremendous niche. Hmm.
8: A niche of variety. Well, uh, you know, the truth is that actors oftentimes get a lot of flack for, for, for playing stereotypes or for doing yeah. the same kind of role over and over again. But the truth is, it's the audience that chooses that. And if the audience really likes you a certain way and they want to see you do the same thing over and over, they're going to let you know that. So I have sympathy for actors that are are stereotyped into a certain thing. For whatever reason, audiences have been willing to let me do a lot of different stuff and be open to whatever new thing I want to try. So I really do appreciate that.
9: And look at this season. You've got the Sisters Brothers and Ralph.
8: Sisters, Brothers, record Ralph, Holmes and Watson, and Stan and Ollie. I have four movies coming up before January. Okay, two are in the
9: same time period, but we'll let that go. (laughs) So now Ralph is um, is on an adventure. He's coming into the modern world and it's really exciting to look at. Did you have any idea what this, the appearance of the internet would be?
8: Well, yeah, we, you know, I was involved in the story, uh, t- the story meetings for the movie, so I went in and talked about it. And also, you know, Rich and Phil, the directors, brought me in for- very early on, to sh- wow. share with me like how the story was developing. This is what our worlds are going to be like. This is the different. These are the different characters and the sketches. And also, when we work, they have. We have these storyboards that they, they go through each scene and say like, and then you do this and then you do that and then. So it's really helpful to know, especially physically, what your character is right. doing, so you can put the right kind of exertion and sounds and you know all that, and <laughs> make it make it really complete when you do it. But. Uh, yeah, and then occasionally, as, as time goes on, because these take years to make, as time goes on, they show you little clips of something you've done before. Right. Yeah, right. so that's, I am I am up to speed a little bit, but it was still a great oh. surprise and pleasure <laughs> to see it on Monday night.
9: Incredible, and it, it just felt personal because those are all the sites that everybody goes on. It just, it's a modern kind of weird personal.
8: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a... That, that was a decision that the filmmakers made like do we do like fake names for these things that look like them that evoke the name like in you know uh, and they just decided no let's 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 have it be the real names of things so that like, when kids see this movie and they see us dealing with the internet it's the internet that they're familiar with right you know? right so we make a lot of we have a lot of artistic license in terms of what things look like behind the scenes uh, you know, like the sort of personifications of the data that's inside of the internet. It's a it's a really fun thing to do. It's really imaginative, and I think the animators had a lot of fun figuring out, like, well, what would a user look like, and what would a what would the you know the hub of a website look like, and the internet to me, anyway, is a total mystery. I don't know how it works. I know, right? I see what I see on my screen. I know there's wires and a server, but I don't even know what that really is. It's like
9: so you're a computer really like in a big that. room,
8: I guess. I don't know.
9: <laughs> That's so funny. So it's really interesting
8: to be able to, like, create a fantasy world that most people have no idea what it, what's really going on anyway, you know?
9: And, uh, you know, he and Vanellope, Ralph and Vanellope go through really an emotional Arc in this film, yeah, and um, you know, without giving too much away, you must have been right there emotionally because of it's a follow up and it's so well written.
8: Yeah, I definitely was right there because Sarah and I are good friends, you know, and we've become <laughs> really close friends over the course of making these films together. So, both when we des- when we decided to make another one, and we all got back together. And then every day when we go in, you know, when you look at the credits of this movie, you think like, wow, like a thousand people or something worked on that movie. What a huge crew or whatever. But the truth is, for me, it's like five people. You know, it's me, the two directors, one of the writers, maybe a story person, and the engineer or the other actor. So it's a real tiny little family. So you're right. It, it you feel really close to people and the fact that we we built the relationship and the characters and the whole world on the first one when we started on the second one we were that much further along we were already in a really intimate place sarah and i we already knew each other very well so you can uh, so tell yeah our relationship mirrors the relationship in the movie in some ways yeah
9: yeah, yeah that is so cool um in terms of of A lesson, maybe, about what the two of you go through? uh, To me, it said, life happens, you have to be strong, and you have to have faith. Yeah. Would that be right?
8: Uh, Well, sure. I think those things you just said are true, but I also think, you know, we look at, like, what is a good friend... And what do you do when your friendship tries, starts to transform in, into a different way? Or if someone needs to grow beyond or grow in a different way than you're growing, let's say. Uh, I think that's something that every single person in the whole world can relate to. Whether it's moving on from your family or moving on from a school or to a new home or uh, you know, t- entering the work life after being in school. Uh, these are these are moments that are really heavy moments for a lot of people in their friendships and that's another thing that we try to be really real about, you mm-hmm. know. It's a really cute, fun, exciting movie, but in the heart of it is this very real story about a friendship and and what it takes to be a good friend to somebody and sometimes it means letting them go, you know. Yeah.
9: Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much.
8: My pleasure. <laughs>
3: She said, with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler, we'll be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say, be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account meridian expecting more for your money that's wealth esteem terms and conditions apply this is 1059 the region
4: what she
0: She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable.
3: now back to what she said with christine bentley and kate wheeler
2: joining us now is Davina core the founder of sexy brilliant it's a global revolution all about self-love, and she's been spreading the message all over the world. So welcome to the show, Davino. Thank you so much. We love revolutions.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so what does it mean to be
10: sexy brilliant? Sexy is daring. Sexy is wow. Sexy is to say you know, I want to let go of those labels and I want to go let go of the pain that we all have and to say that I want to be free. And of course, it's from, from sexy, there's brilliant because sexy by itself is not necessarily always welcome. So we've added brilliant to it and to say everybody's a star in their own right. And by knowing ourselves, we, of course, empower ourselves to live authentically and be sexy, brilliant. So, of course, our question
2: is, tell us about the journey that led you to this realization.
1: Well, I understand it started with a bit of a dating addiction.
10: (laughs) It did, and um, when my traditional marriage ended, I was kind of lonely, and I started looking for love everywhere, and uh, including dating applications, but also on Craigslist. Okay. And- How do
2: you- <laughs> You're the first person I've ever heard say that. Honestly, we're we're shaking our heads. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, and you know, and this is where it comes to, right? I was looking for love
10: outside of myself, but in essence, that love that we're looking for outside is actually within us so by saying okay i'm i'm here i'm there i'm on matchmaking i'm on dating applications and then craigslist but there is nothing to be found unless we are we find it within no ourselves. no no back up a minute here <laughs> like what made you what made you go to craigslist oh because i had no luck anywhere else like to get laid was really ch- challenging <laughs> Did you have any luck on Craigslist? (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) I had a long-term relationship on Craigslist, so it worked. (laughs) So,
2: so how does that? How do you do that? Like, where did you go? What? What category did you go to? <laughs> well, Craigslist is no longer in in the, the
10: personals. They, in the personal. they closed it. Yeah. yeah. So, and I used to be a dog walker. So when I was putting up my dog walking advertisement on Craigslist, I would come across personal advertisements. And then, one time, I replied, and some we connected, and turns out our children were in the same school, and that the bizarrest of. Incidents that could have happened to connect has happened, and we we mutually um, had a you know long term relationship. What kind of people were you meeting other than than that long
1: term <laughs> relationship? Because I understand they were hockey players, dentists, Oh, oh my goodness!
10: You know, it, Craigslist. When I was there a few years ago, I met the most amazing people, like the. The hockey players, like you said, the math professor, lonely single people. That's what I'm On Craigslist. A lot of lonely single Maybe people. Maybe it's
1: a sad thing the personal's
10: close there. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
1: so you you think then and the more we get to know ourselves, the easier it
10: becomes to practice self acceptance and awareness? Absolutely self-knowledge which is to know every part of ourselves. so to say that yes I had an addiction but that's not who I am using that to empower myself and of course to share this journey with everybody and write about it and you know be on the radio talk about it and to mm-hmm. say I am not ashamed of my past I am not ashamed of my addiction I am not ashamed of my mental health issues or being a single parent and I know there's a lot of different uh, pain and suffering around which is what connects us right we all have pain we all have struggles but we are not our only you know we are not just pain we are so much more than that we are beautiful lights from you know who are here to empower each other to live a purposeful life do you think we attract who we are absolutely You know, the universe, the universe works in our favor. The universe always has our back. And of course, through, you know, uh, even in business or in personal relationships, we will always attract people who who we are, but also people who are meant to teach us a lesson to get to our next level of perfection, to help us in more self-knowledge, to help us in in more self-acceptance and consequently more self-love. But some people look at at self-love as a selfish thing. What would you say to them? I would say I'm sorry that you feel like that. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. But unless we have love for ourselves, we cannot share that love with others. It's the more we love ourselves, the more we love everything around us. And all beings deserve love and respect and kindness. Mm. Now, you have a book out. It's called Too Fat,
1: Too Loud, Too Ambitious, which you describe as the world's first X-rated spiritual
10: self-help book. Who should read this book? Possibly the world's first X-rated spiritual help book.
2: <laughs>
10: we, you know, we <laughs> we can't say that for sure. Um, anybody who likes to read, first of all, of course, but also people who want to... Learn more about themselves and listen, like read interesting stories about Craigslist dating, but also business failures and also struggles with mental health. I've struggled with suicidal thoughts. So I share myself in all my honesty to say, you know what? These are thoughts, these are emotions, but this is not who I am. I am, when you have those extremes, the highs and the lows. The goal is to find the balance. Right. And that's what life's all about.
2: Well, as a mother, um, I, I, always our top priority is how do we shape our children. So, so what lessons or life lessons are you passing on to your child?
10: One of the most important things for me is to teach my daughter, who's 10 years old, to say, you know, know yourself, self-acceptance. Um, as you ladies know, I'm a little fat, so I, I share that very openly with my daughter to say, we are not our bodies, we are not our labels, we are not our university degrees. We want to know ourselves for who we are and then, of course, practice self-love, grow our inner confidence. And that's what I want to teach my daughter and, of course, uh, through my books as well. So
2: you surprised me by saying that because uh, I think you're an amazingly attractive woman. So why do you say fat, which is traditionally a bad word, do you not accept that you are your best you? Absolutely. Whether you're 10 pounds heavier, 10 pounds lighter? Absolutely. And whatever shape I am and whatever shape
10: any of the listeners are in, we deserve our love. and. And the reason to name the book, the Too Fat, Too Loud, Too Ambitious, is to say, you know what, fat is okay. Loud we, is okay and ambitious is okay. Absolutely. And, and it, X-rated is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And it's the first book in the Sexy Brilliant series. <laughs> oh, it's a series. It's yeah. a series. Oh, it's oh yeah. a, there's
2: more to come. <laughs>
10: You'll be on LinkedIn next. (laughs) Now, how can we find our sexy, brilliant, and love ourselves more? Give us some tips. So the first thing, of course, is Mm self-knowledge. And then self-acceptance. Loving all parts of ourselves.
2: I'm Um, never going to love my feet. I'm
10: never going to love my feet. Well, you know, <laughs> your feet are not your enemy. You're tr- I'm, right? I'm, I'm well, let me tell you, there are guys
1: on Instagram who love your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. She is constantly being asked to post pictures of her bunions. Oh. So people are into all kinds of <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: And there is no right or wrong. Everything just <laughs> Nothing beautiful. wrong with a foot perk. Uh. <laughs> we have to accept them too. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, so, okay, so... Feel good about yourself, accept that it's what you were. But, but I mean, you know, you may want to change your weight or you may want to change something to help improve your life. So Absolutely. does this book help, you know, steer you in the right directions to get that amount of support that you yes, need?
10: Yes, you know, the book is uh, it's very brave. I shared the journey, of course, but also we will all take away the readers will take away what they want to we're all in this journey some mm-hmm. of us are at the starting of the spiritual awakening and then some of them are some of us are already at the at the you know towards the end but we're all awakened and also to know that the journey to more self love is love itself how can people connect with you online where do they find you so www.sexybrilliant.com <laughs> sexybrilliant.com and your social media? Hashtag sexy brilliant. and of course sexybrilliant.com leads to every all the social all media. All the other ones. And and they can get your book through the sexybrilliant. Sexybrilliant.com. Mm. Yes. Very exciting. Very sexy, very brilliant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very X-rated. <laughs> I can't get away from that.
1: Davina Core, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so
10: much, ladies.
3: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. said talk.com.
4: Meridian's three year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip. <laughs> And this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
3: This is 1059, The Region.
0: She's powerful, wonderful, honest, and lovable.
3: Now, back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
2: To is Duct Tape by Mississauga singer songwriter Gabri. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having me. Now, tell us how you got started in the music industry.
11: Um, Well, I started singing when I was little, but I didn't actually care that much. (laughs) I wanted to be an actor for a long time. Oh. Yeah. And it upset my mom because she was like, no, you got a nice voice. And I didn't really care until I started songwriting when I was in about grade eight. Mm -hmm. Um, But. How did uh, that happen? I was writing songs, so I used to do Hannah Montana fan fiction, (laughs) and I started writing songs for my Hannah Montana fan fiction, and that's how I kind of got into it, and then I started writing songs about my actual life, and as they got more personal, um, I actually started getting into the idea of being a singer-songwriter. And then once I got a little bit older and a little bit more confident in myself, I started releasing them on SoundCloud, and then I met Igor, and uh, he started producing songs for me, and it was,
2: yeah, that's kind of the whole story. You're releasing your debut EP, also called Duct Tape. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning behind that title? Behind <laughs> I think people hear it and go, uh, hmm?
11: <laughs> um, well, for the song, Duct Tape was about um, a boyfriend that I had that broke up with me who wasn't really telling me why he broke up with me. So I was trying to say that, you know, I know it's hard for you to tell me, but if you just let me take off the duct tape from your mouth, you could give me closure, that kind of thing. Um, but I named my album after that because I kind of felt like I had duct tape over my mouth for a long time because um, I am a little bit of an anxious person so I didn't really want to tell people how I was feeling and that's why I didn't really want to release my songs but now that I'm doing that the duct tape's kind of coming off.
2: So what are the themes that the EP explores then?
11: Um, It's mostly about a romantic relationship that I had. Um, All three songs are about that same relationship. And it just kind of goes through like the beginning, the middle, and the end of it. Um, And at the beginning, it's very optimistic, but um, I don't think I ever really got what I needed from him in terms of uh, communication. And that's something that's very important for me because if uh, somebody doesn't tell me how they're feeling, then I'm going to overthink it. So, yeah. What's next for you? Um, I definitely want to do another EP. I want to advance my sound. So, this one's a little bit more uh, loud and kind of more rock influenced. I think I want to go a little bit softer with the next one just to kind of explore um, my sound and yeah, where I'm going with it.
2: Where can people find you online and listen to the single?
11: Um, Online, I'm heaviest on Instagram. So, it's Gabri Band. So, it's G A B R I E band. Mm -hmm. And then um, the single you can listen to on Spotify, on Google Play, Apple Music, iTunes, anywhere pretty much, and it's under Gabri.
2: Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. That's it for what she said this weekend, and we will be back next Saturday and Sunday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But now, singing us out, here is Gabri performing Duct Tape. Mm -hmm.
0: Could do without the door that everybody points me to And I'm no fool, I know it's there But closing isn't leaving you Your silence is the string between the cracks That is holding me back Your silence is the string that stitches up the skin you are broken in, the more I pull, the more I break It's safe to say I'm suffering Is this for my own good? I don't think it's working Oh. And I, I, I would love to hold our love in this frame But these questions are taking up the space They're taking up the space If you've got duct tape over your mouth Just look at me right and I'll figure it out We've got no time left But I'll work in reverse for you And I won't rip it off I know that'll hurt. finally sleep tonight I thought this war I played long. I found it hard, this heart set wrong I'm keeping peace, hoping for love Now standing where I can not get shot down I don't need the history I just need to know this now And I, I, I Would love to hold our love in this frame But these questions are taking up the space they're taking up the space. If you've got duct tape over your mouth, just look at me right and I'll figure it out. We've got no time left, but I'll work in reverse for you. When I won't rip it off, I know that. I finally sleep tonight. Nobody knows me better than you. If this was war, this would be a very smart move. But you're a prisoner. You must be prisoner. You can't be killing her. You can't be killing her if you've got duct tape over your mouth. Just look at me right and I'll figure it out. We've got no.
11: subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era welcome to mars
3: subscribe or follow on apple spotify google or at theallymars.com
11: because even with the new look i'm still that same bitch you love to hate
8: another sound off media company podcast